How long were you in denial about autism? Well, I just didn't really think about it until he wasn't talking at 18 months old. We don't really invite people inside our house a lot because, at, and we're very social people. It's hard yeah. for us. Yeah. But at any point, he could come around the corner with a handful of poop. <laughs> and it's just sort of like, again, I don't want you to feel, the guests to feel uncomfortable. To to because let's it. be honest, if I'm at my buddy's house and their kid comes around the corner with handfuls of poop, I'm going to be like, I just don't want to be here right now. I don't want to be here. I know. And it's not because I'm judging. I just feel weird because there's this kid's having a poop party and I don't know what's Oh, you would be terrible at live radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be. You would be terrible. It's so nervous right now. Oh my god. Why are you so bad? I don't really like microphones. Come on. But you want to do a podcast? Yes. I promised myself I would never do a podcast. I just, I like to listen to them. I just am like, I'm never doing a podcast. And now you're like, oh, let's do a podcast about autism. Well, it's about our kid's life. It's about our life. It's daily struggles and it's never ending. All right. Imagine, imagine this. Imagine if he would have never gotten diagnosed with autism. Oh my God. I mean, I can't even imagine that. Our world, our world would be upside down. So no ABA therapy, no... Like we wouldn't even be like like the special bite bracelets. Like I guess it's just denial. We'd just we'd just still be in denial right now. I don't even how, know how he would function in real school. How long were you in denial about autism? Well, when he first was, when we were first introduced to it, it was very early on. He was two years old, and someone out of nowhere told me he could have autism. I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah, but you were it. It pissed you off. It pissed me you off. You were sad. They told me that, to immediately. That was a lady that came to the house, right? Yeah. And didn't you, you got mad at her? I or, did. I was heartbroken. I couldn't believe those words came out of her mouth. Yeah. And, but, and you started crying. I started crying. I really felt heartbroken. It was awful. And she told me then to contact a developmental pediatrician because it could take up to a year. And so I was in denial for six months. I didn't do it for six months. When did you know? something was wrong or off not wrong well when he was 18 months old he had just started walking our other kids started walking at oh no 15 months old he started walking so yeah it was three months later yeah but before that you kind of something was off well i just didn't really think about it until he wasn't talking at 18 months old so here's a weird that's thing i can answer it. yeah here's a weird thing like he and, and this there's so many conspiracy theories about autism whatever and i read them all like you know because I'm, I'm interested i'm curious i don't get sucked into it because it's what am i going to do i mean it's not going to change anything like what's done is done right but he was there early on and i say that a lot he was there like he was there even pictures i look at i'm like oh my god you were there and it's not that he's not there now but, you know, autism is its own world. They're in another world. It's a separate world. It, he wasn't always in that world. Now, people are going to go, oh, don't blame. Them. I'm not. I have no idea what happened. I have no idea. And some people are going to say it's vaccines. Some people are going to say it's um, environmental stuff, nutrition, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you, here's what I say. Nobody knows what causes it. Like they say, everyone says the doctor's like, we don't know. We don't know. Well, if you don't know what causes it, then you also don't know what does not. Get, get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do feel like he was also there early on. 
when I was talking to the developmental pediatrician to see if we were even eligible for the appointment and going through everything, I think I forgot at that point that he was once there. You know, when I was answering the questions, I was like, yeah, because they ask, for instance, if you walk into a room and he's in a crib, does he look at you? And at that point in time, I said no. But early on, he would look at me and yep. smile and put his hands up. There's I don't a, know what happened. There's a picture. Me and him were at um, uh, Mango's on the beach, and we were mm-hmm. eating breakfast. And yeah. there was a tropical storm coming in. And I remember I took him out on the deck right on the beach because it was windy, and he really liked it, and he was laughing. And we took a picture. He was wearing his little brown outfit. Yep. With the palm trees on it. Yep. And he was smiling. And I had a Corona t-shirt on. Yep, he was smiling. <laughs> Which is not weird for me to have a beer t-shirt on. But, and I was like, I his eyes, every, like he was so like engaged at the camera and laughing and smiling. That's like one of the last times I remember him being, I call it there. He was there. Well, I hear that there's here, a 14 month mark. And that's when something changes. Do I know, do I know what it is? I have no idea. Yeah, but the reason why I can't, fully buy into that is because there are some kids who it's terrible but they're nonverbal, so they never have their parents have never heard a sound i know and so it's not like everything was cool until 14 you know what i mean like i almost get kind of pissed off when i hear that because i'm like well what about the parents of nonverbal kids on special needs because it's they're like oh really well i was my kid was never there so don't tell me everything kicks in for because that's the that's why i just shrug my shoulders because i don't know but i know something changed i know something changed Maybe that's just, and that's the other thing too, like I read that there's like 14,000 different types of autism or something, or spectrum. Like they it's a spectrum because everyone's different. Everyone's different, right? So I actually have read some articles where people are going, well, actually we all are on the spectrum somewhat. I've so heard that. good luck trying to figure out where you are, where he is, where they are. You know what I mean? It's like you're never, you're never going to figure it out. And then that sort of starts driving you crazy in your head. Cause I'm, cause then I do something sometimes, and I'm like, I think I'm on the spectrum. Like, oh, stop. no, because I'm like, I'll, I'll like ridiculously focus on something and try to like pick it apart 18 different ways, and I'm like, I'm insane, and I'm like, but I'm also very focused. Like, I'm sort of really focused on this. I think there's so many people that are not diagnosed. I don't know if it's because of denial, like the parents won't get the kids diagnosed, or you know there's something wrong and you're not getting diagnosed for yourself. It's totally denial. Listen, I even, I remember the day where it was like the final day. You had to go to Hop Johns Hopkins and mm-hmm. do like, wasn't it like an eight hour, it was crazy, right? It was an eight hour appointment. You meet with three different doctors. You take like and, a lunch break and... And they evaluate your child. And it's, I knew that day that he was autistic going in. I was prepared to hear it and it was still heartbreaking. I remember sitting in the room with two doctors in front of me, just starting to cry because they, he was already doing therapy, speech therapy and OT and developmental therapy. But then they literally told me, you have 10 to 25 hours of ABA therapy that he needs. And I'm like, how am I going to fit this into my life? And the doctor told me then, because I'm like, what level is he? And she said, he's not severe and he's not functioning. He's in the middle. And so, they it's, so it's up to you. Yeah, and they don't fi- know. So it's up to you to, to decide. Yeah. If I, you want to do all this therapy, he can be functioning. If you don't do the therapy, he can be severe. Yeah. And that, so and I hate that part because at that age without the therapy, they're really taking a huge guess at where they are right there. I hate that they say that. I mean, I get why, but I hate that they say, I'll be honest, that day that you went, because I didn't go, but I thought to myself, 
and obviously I was insane. I was like, you know what? This has all been a huge misunderstanding. I really thought that. Isn't that crazy? And I said, I guarantee, and again, I'm talking to myself, but I said, I guarantee he is not autistic. Um, and this is all, they're going to be like, oh no, he's fine. And, and we're just going to have to just wiggle ourselves out of it. I actually thought that. And when you said, oh no, he's autistic, he's middle of the road. Like you said, not severe, not high function. And I thought to myself, now I'm in denial. I'm in denial. I was in post-denial. Going through the whole process, I thought I was good. I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's autism. And I started doing the research. I'm like, ah, we can, you know, whatever, whatever. And then the day it came, I was like, nah, no, nah, I don't accept this. Isn't that crazy? Well, so in the middle of doing all the tests, even seriously, though, I walked in and I knew he was autistic, doing the test and stuff. And the final thing, I'm sitting in the room nervous because I feel like I still don't know what they're going to say. I literally said to the doctor, I thought maybe, just maybe he wasn't. Yep. And maybe all of this was, I was overthinking it, it's, you know, because it, it's, it's still sometimes it's hard to hear, even he, though we're going through it. Yeah, don't cry. <laughs> Some days I do want to cry. And honestly, I can't imagine. <laughs> Wait a minute. You cry almost every day about this. Well, there's new things changing all the time. But honestly, if he didn't have the amount of therapy he has, I can't imagine what his life would be like right now. Or our life, really. Because the kids can regress. He's progressing and still there's changes all the time. It's It's hard. Yeah, and by the way, like it it can it can change in a second. Like last Fourth of July, I thought he went nonverbal. So I and like, and like we were really bad parents that night, but we had no idea. Uh, yeah, it's just no, but so we did. But we were bad parents, but we didn't know. We, we were not bad parents. No, no, no. We we we, we made a mistake. No, no I it, made a mistake by showing him fire. It was an unintentional thing because it is you just learn as you go we thought he would like because he like you know he likes colors and um you know that kind of stuff and noise typically does not bother him yeah well the fireworks was different because you can really feel it it like shakes he freaked out on fourth of july our neighborhood they they do pretty good like fireworks show and stuff like everyone's just kind of out doing their own thing but it's pretty crazy so we take him in his little red wagon he literally goes blank froze and one of the things and just to the point where the, they were booming and he's just looking straight ahead. And he, and, and I'm like, I, I remember looking at him going, I think he just went nonverbal. And I, I honestly, I don't even know if it works like that. But I have heard stories where kids did go nonverbal based on a traumatic situation. I've heard Like that autistic too. kids. And I did take him in immediately. I walked him down the street in his wagon. All of a sudden but the fireworks went off. I was so scared to wake up the next morning. And I said, Am I ever, are we ever going to hear him again? Because the look on his face was like, it was Almost like he shut down. It scared me. He put he flicked the switch and he just decided I will never express emotions again because of this. And I'm like, damn it, we screwed this up. I but, just rubbed his back and told him it was okay. Yeah. It was one day and we weren't going to do it again. But recently for New Year's Eve, I planned to have him in ahead of time so there would be no fireworks. But of course, it gets dark at six o'clock, and somebody lit off a firework. And he got scared for a minute, but I put headphones on him and rubbed his back. I know. And those people don't know. I do get, you know, we're on all the pages and stuff, like the autism pages, and it's like 99% of people that are so cool and great. But then you do get some of these people where it's like, I wish people would have respect for kids with autism. Like, look, we don't even understand it, and we are the parents of the kids. Right. How can these people understand it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, this is the part where it's like there's no training. It's like being thrown into a cage match at the UFC and you've never been in a real fight like you're 
going to get pummeled. I mean, part of this deal is getting up every day and getting pummeled. Like every day I open my eyes and I go on to the next adventure because this, it is like what it was. What was the, um, you've done pretty good by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Cause you hate microphones. <laughs> you've done, you've done pretty good. Thank you. Um, you, it's, I, I like better live because I just, the pressure is, it's there. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, we didn't even plan. Yeah. I just <laughs> like it better when it's live and like, so when it's recorded like this, which is just every podcast, it's like you get almost get too comfortable, I think. But you, this is good for you. You like this. Yeah, and this is out of my comfort zone, to be honest. But autism is... Out of the comfort zone, yeah. Yeah, this talking on a microphone is out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think living with this, like with... a with, And we had four other kids who had no problems, so I think this... I don't know. You know, it's probably bad to say. I, I guess even if it's your first kid with autism, it's tough because, you know, you had all these other expectations. We were just in this zone of like, oh, four kids. We sort of got this down. Like, we understand it. And then I guess both ways it's really hard, you know. But what was the one moment where you were like, ah, life is weird? And I think I'm going to put, I think it's in the intro. I forget. Like having an autistic child? All right, I'll go first. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm at, <laughs> no, because I didn't ask the question very good. So I'm at Publix and... I'm buying diapers, uh, right? Yeah. And I, I, this was the moment where I was like, ah, I feel weird. And I just made this chick feel weird, the the the, the ch- checkout lady. And, you know, Publix, they're like known to be like really nice. And, you know, they're right. like the Chick-fil-A of grocery stores. Yeah. My God, they make you they feel are. like a million dollars as they take your million dollars. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm buying diapers. And that's all I'm buying is diapers. I'm in the express lane. And she's just chit-chatting. Oh, how old's the baby? I'm like, uh, four and a half. And But as I'm saying it, it's coming out like this. Four and a half. And then I almost went, months. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, they were size oh six gosh. diapers. So like, you know, it's like our kids, Andre the Giant. And... <laughs> She just looked at me and was like... Then you have, feel like you have to say he's autistic. I, you do. I didn't... No. I I wish I... I'm rarely, like, don't have words. Not that the word choices are always great, but I rarely don't have words. I said it. She looked at me. I looked at her. I felt like all my clothes fell off. Like I was <laughs> naked. And she was staring at me oh at the grocery God. store. No, because... I said four and a half. She heard four and a half. I looked up. She looked up. We just stared at each other. And she's like, uh, Have a nice day. <laughs> that'll be 1962. Uh, okay. Swipe my card and leave. Like, she didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that was the moment where I was like, I, I, do I, do I explain myself? Do I not? And then I thought to myself, if I had to go back and do it all over, I think I would just lie and say he's two you know but it not because i'm ashamed well it was a little embarrassing a little bit yeah but it made her embarrassed and that's what i felt bad about you know what i mean well she didn't understand so he's four and a half but developmentally he's like two two and a half so all of our kids were potty trained by the age of two two and a half he is working on it with his therapist He's not even to that point yet, so I'm not going to try, you know? I'm not going to start this process and fail at it, so I'm waiting till he's ready. Because it will be repeated failure. Which, unfortunately, I'm not going to do it. I'm not prepared to do it until the summer. Somebody he's asked going me, to be five. Somebody asked me, are you prepared to change his diapers when he's 12? 
And I said, no, no. But Unfortunately, that happens to people. No, I, I know, but what's the choice then? I'm not prepared for that. That's horrible. No. But what's the choice? Like, well, honestly, like, give me the options. Well, so unfortunately, by talking about this, it makes me think of a bad time and a phase that he went through, and it's about poop. He was sticking his hand in his diaper and grabbing poop. And I literally was like, wow, this is, everywhere. is a whole different level. It's everywhere. And this is what I get when people say special needs. He has special needs. You know, we as parents now have special needs. It makes me think of a great story. Three months ago, Melissa's like, you know, we need new furniture. And I'm like, you know, when Cal stops palming poop out of his diaper and putting it everywhere, maybe we'll invest in some new furniture. Until that, yeah. And we, we don't really invite people inside our house a lot because at and we're very social people it's hard yeah. for us yeah but at any point he could come around the corner with a handful of poop <laughs> and it's just sort of like again i don't want you to feel the guest to feel uncomfortable to have to because let's it. be honest if i'm at my buddy's house like we're there and their kid comes around the corner with handfuls of poop i'm gonna be like i just don't want to be here right now I don't want to be here. I know. And it's not because I'm judging. I just feel weird because there's this kid's having a poop party and I don't know what's going on and I don't know what well. to say, you know, and I don't want to put people in that situation. So, yes, I'm embarrassed for, for other people, for me, for you know, people say, don't be embarrassed. Oh, stop. I mean, we're just human beings. You know, it's just it's, it's just hard. It's just it's hard to kind of like. Uh, try to put on the perfect act all the time, you know, because it's I've given up on that. Yeah. Like I'll wear the same shirt three days in a row. Why? Because I have so many issues when I get up and dealing with him and and you because you're dealing with him because you really deal with the brunt of it because he really wants to react to you more than me. Well, he wants you both... to see the good and the bad. Yeah. And you know? he chooses me as the mom. Right. Yeah. Like the everything. I don't even know. Like it's almost like he doesn't. We're sort of like we're like these ancillary players in life. But you are like the central aura. You're the focus. Yeah. I'm you know his, what I mean? I'm his world. Yeah. He can't live without me. Oh, yeah. And he knows. You know? I mean, it's crazy. It's and like, I can't imagine if you ever had to. I mean, that's it scares me. I'm and we work out and we're healthy and we eat good because I have to be around forever. You know, it is. We even talked about if we go on vacation, we would take two separate flights yeah. in case one crash. One of the, I mean, I know that sounds nuts to people. I get it. But you have no idea. Like, wh wh where is he going to go? Live? Who is going to take care of him? Who is going to understand him? Nobody. And he's the Nobody. sweetest kid. And every parent says that. But, you know, he he would not do well with understanding you gone, really. But both of us, it would just be. Well, so he loves baby shark. So he associates everything with baby shark. You know that. So there's always a, a mom, a dad, a baby, him. And then he talks about the other kids. But then a grandma, grandpa. The saddest thing is he doesn't have grandparents that are close by. Nope. So literally he walks into a grocery store or down the street and he calls every old person. You don't even have to be old, actually. He calls our neighbors grandma and grandpa because yeah. he's filling in the pieces. Yeah. He Well, yeah, if he sees any gray hair on anybody. Like yeah. even our friends that have come over who are like in their 30s. If I they have gray hair, I'll be like, hey, Grandpa. I'm like, a little young for that, but okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about I know that. we have to explain it to people. <laughs> Even the waitress at the restaurant 
had blonde hair and he thought it was white. She was like she 18. Was maybe younger. Yeah. Oh my God. She did think it and was he, cool though. Yeah. She thought it was funny. He's like, hi grandma. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. I would love to have seen that chick's TikTok after we left. <laughs> like, you know, she just went off. Like this kid just called me grandma. Like, oh my and God. She thought it was cute. But there's so many situations I feel like I have to say he's autistic. And I didn't. But there are situations that I do because sometimes if he's having a meltdown in public and people are looking, you know, not every kid that's having a meltdown. It's like it's not just a tantrum. They're two different things. Yeah. You, you don't know unless you, you know, you don't know unless you know. I mean, it's just it, and, and and I say that too. like, why would you know? Like, I have no expectation that anyone else will ever understand autism. And I would never either, to be honest. I just what, what why? What? Why would you? subject yourself to this life if you don't have to live it every single day you know what i mean like i don't even get frustrated anymore when we're out and people kind of stare at them and roll their eyes and i'm like i get it like you don't know you probably think we're just horrible parents that don't discipline our kid honestly that's probably what they think and that's what i would think too so i just go you know it's it's cool because he has given us a lot of patience learning about that in other people I hope we've given him something. It's just hard to understand what we've, you know, we've given him the therapies and I, I hope it helps. And, you know, I, I mean. Yeah, we don't know what his future looks like, but having siblings and the kids having to experience this, our kids have said to me before, I wish people just knew, like, I just want to say he's autistic I know. because, but it makes them look at people different and treat people different because of it. So at least we're raising good human beings and and not to say the world's not nice and stuff because you don't know. And I knew nothing about autism. And like you said, if it's not part of your world, then why would you? I know. But but that's the thing. It's so you have to look at realistically how this works. And our other kids now are now judging other people who look at him different. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the cycle of. I don't know if you want to call it the cycle of judgment, the cycle of hate. I mean, the cycle of whatever. But they do now get frustrated with other people and they're like, they don't need to look at him like that. They don't need to, to, to look at him. And, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I love that you're standing up for your brother, but now you're starting to get very sensitive about, you know you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, now well, they want to protect him. They, I know. And I feel bad that they now are thinking that way. Uh, it's 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 like it's like any other life. I mean, it's just you're never. This is never going to all just under be understood, you know. Right, and but we're, and we're still learning all the time. But I mean, being a four and a half year old and treating him like a two year old because that's developmental developmentally what he is. He's in a stroller and he's strapped in, and sometimes he's in a high chair and strapped in, you know. And people don't understand that. I literally, someone said to me the other day, "You still have him in a high chair," and kind of giggled. And I I was like, kind of in my head, I'm like. It's not funny. Like, he needs to be in a high chair. Yeah. And we have to do stuff to keep him safe. I know. I, I don't, and, and I think, though, that a lot of people who do that, it's, that's the nervous, uncomfortable giggle, where yeah, they're just sort they of like, they're, try, they're trying to relate. And I'd really give those people a ton of credit, because um, they're trying. I, you kind of get the feeling, you know, like they, they know something isn't right, but they, I don't know, they want to they wanna do something to feel like, I don't know. It's hard because it does, it does, you become so aware of your surroundings, but almost it drives you crazy. We used to go out to eat like three or four days a week, right? With the kids. With the kids. And really, we'd get a lot of compliments from people. I mean, we've lived all over the country. 
Right. We've been to like restaurants everywhere and would get this unbelievable feedback from people. And, you know, admittedly, I mean, we're pretty, I mean, I'm pretty tough on the kids about eating habits and, you know, yeah, acting good right. Manners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget whose birthday was it? Charlie's birthday? We went to Miller's over oh, in gosh, Seminole. Yeah. Was it Charlie's birthday? It was somebody's birthday. It was your birthday. It, it was my birthday. And we just needed to go somewhere close. And so we all went. So seven of us walked through the door. <laughs> this is before he was diagnosed. This is before he was diagnosed. I don't even think we had mentioned the word autism. We just, he was, he was like, he wasn't walking. It, this was probably before he started any of his therapies or anything. So he was probably, well, yeah, he was probably around 15 months old. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I was just trying to think, but it doesn't matter. I, we were in there, and I'll never forget he's at a high chair. He takes, I don't know if it was an iPad or an iPhone, something we gave him, and flung it across the restaurant. It was a book, and we were... These Almost killed were behind, a man. Well, and they were two older people they that were did not like children. Pissed. They did not want to be around children. And it was so bad. It was so bad. We ordered the food. The food hits the table, and... We had to ask the waitress. We're like, can you box everything up? We got to get out of here. And she felt terrible. I had to take him to the car and I had to wait for you guys to get everything out. You spent your birthday, lunch or early dinner, whatever we were doing, in the car eating. And I'm trying to get everything put in boxes. I mean, we had food for seven. We had plates everywhere. Yeah. Plates everywhere. And she brought out like seven boxes, 10 boxes. Yeah, appetizers and like oh, seven yeah, meals. appetizers. And of course, the kids are like, I want my drink. And I'm like, oh my God, I need 15 styrofoam cups, you know? And the, yeah. they just couldn't wait to get us out of there. And I wanted to leave. And I'll never forget, we're driving home. I don't even think we said a word because he was screaming the whole time. And I'm just kind of like, what is going on? This is bananas. Like, this has never happened to us before. He almost killed that old man with the book. He fly sidearmed it to this guy. They were so mad. Like they were, and they got their check early, remember? Yeah. So meltdowns are sensory overloads. So he was already experiencing that and we didn't even know and we didn't know how to handle it. We just started going back out to eat. We literally didn't go out to eat for like a year. And our kids like to go out to eat. But one thing our kids are also learning from this experience is patience. Our kids are more patient. Everybody it's that would be for me the number one positive of this whole thing is pay. I used to be so impatient and now I just I, I literally think it has just beat me to a pulp and I go what really is the point in being impatient anymore it won't change anything it, it really the outcome is it's really a net negative because it just causes stress I'm like ridiculously patient where I think even patient people are like god you're patient <laughs> Like, well, honestly, if you show him at all that you're not patient, it's like he knows and it'll make it 10 times worse. So I tell people he takes every ounce, like all my patients go to him. I don't have patience for anything else. Yeah. Like we should be doing something right now instead of a podcast because something needs to be done while they're at school. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we, dishes and yeah, laundry like, and like stuff. laundry or I mean, there's just like inevitably there's something right now that needs to be done. That, you know, like batteries need to be changed in our remote for the fan and the light. Well, part of wanting to do this is because I knew nothing about autism. Most people don't. There's a lot of people that are just now experiencing it for the first time because their kid was just diagnosed. And I think it's good to share your stories and help people relate to what's going on. Because 
I felt very alone when this whole thing started. And I know there's a lot of people out there experiencing it. And I feel like the more you talk about it and the more you hear people's experiences, the better you feel because you're not alone. Yeah. At the end of it, getting the diagnosis is right now, I think still, and I could change my mind down the road on this, but is still the best thing you can do because once you get access to that therapy, like it, it is, sometimes I don't know that it's like, there's really good weeks with the therapy and then there's weeks where it's just okay. And then I think there's some weeks where it really just doesn't do anything, but, but that's it, all of but our it lives. Can't hurt, right. right you know? Well, yeah, I just, but I honestly think there's an aspect of it where you go, but what else can I do? Like we're doing everything we can do. Like the therapy, we're, we're doing the 20 or 30 hours a week of therapy and that's on top of, and that's, a, what is it? I gotta go. Well, well. <laughs> I have to go pick him up from school for therapy. Oh, right so, now? Yeah. All right. I'm in a time well, slot. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you would have sucked in the radio business. Can you imagine like halfway through? Oh, I, sorry, I gotta go. What do you mean? I gotta go and do this. I gotta. But we're on the middle of the. We're in. We're in the middle of the show. You can't leave. We're live. I gotta go. I'm sorry. sorry. That wouldn't have worked out for you very well. All right. So that's the end of it because you gotta go. I gotta go. He has therapy. We're out. Peace.